I guess you can't claim to be a star or at least a rising star these days unless a team is willing to pay 100 million euros to acquire you. There have been seven players who cost teams over 100 million euros to land in the past three years. The latest is Moises Caicedo, from whom, for whom Liverpool and Chelsea are willing to bid with British record transfer fees. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am your host, Li Xiang, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleague, Josh, here. Great to be back. So the list we have here have seven names. Mm-hmm. Jack Grealish, Romeo Lukaku, Enzo Fernandez, Jude Bellingham, Declan Rice, Harry Kane, and Caicedo. Of the seven, let's just say, which do you think is the biggest flop? Because some of them are already, you know, uh, the, So far, the one which stands out as just burning money is Romelu Lukaku. Exactly. Because as a Evertonian, as a blue, a thing which I specifically saw with him is he is very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Basically, for the time he was at Everton, he played incredibly well in his debut season. Then when he solidified his place in the starting season, in the, in the starting 11, in that next season, uh, 2015, he didn't do so well. Then he performed again when transfers were on the table performs when he gets to United, then flops immediately, and it's just back and forth between there and Inter Milan. And I don't know what he did at Inter to try and justify this price from Chelsea, Mm -hmm. but his agent got a very good deal, Uh... and they got nothing. Because a thing which has been quite clear as well, even with his time at the Belgian national side, is he is a very good striker, but with a very limited style of play. He Mm -hmm. is... Very big, very strong, and he'll bulldoze through a back line. But if you are a Chelsea squad who have difficulty moving the ball, or if you are him, for example, scoring those types of goals at Inter Milan where you don't face that kind of physical play, when you come back to be Chelsea, mm-hmm. you come back to play in the Premier League, you need more tricks up your sleeve, especially having done it with two prior teams. When you were younger, you were faster, you were stronger. He has been a massive flop, and... We are going to look back, even at the time, the fee they paid for him was ridiculous. We're going to look back and wonder just how that happened. Yeah, so um, first, I, I actually, now I'm curious, how does an eight like, which pays an agent better? A big transfer or, say, a big salary? So typically, um, they get the fee as part of, like, the sale. Uh-huh. So if they can get a big fee up front, that's how they get the, the most money. Mm. The most typically, though, will come with like a re-signing bonus or something oh, like that. Dad. But either way, if you can get a massive chunk up front, I mean, after that, who cares? You know, if he, if mm. Lukaku goes back, wins the Champions League, or if he goes back and drags them to relegation, you still got that money up front. Exactly. So that's what the agent is probably thinking. Yeah, what is done is done. There's no backseas. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I have always been saying that those uh, capitals from the Middle East, you know, mm-hmm. Man City, PSG, and now Newcastle may be messing around on the market with a very thick checkbook. Yeah. But actually, three of the seven players I just listed were all bought by Chelsea, yeah. which has nothing to do with the Middle Eastern capital. But they are still a big money club. Yeah. Be, it, be it Abramovich personally opening his checkbook, mm-hmm. or Todd Bowley, who from all reports, doesn't seem to have much of a grasp of how transfer markets work, how the football market, I mean, the football league works with relegation and promotion and Champions League and things like that. I get the feeling he's used to just big fees in terms of dollars with the NFL and and the franchise he owns in America. So I feel like 
I feel like teams and players and anyone right now are taking him for a ride. Mm. That could that could be very true. Yeah. So Lukaku has already proved that it's a very unreasonable decision for Chelsea to buy him. Mm-hmm. What about the other two? The other two are very young. I mean, Caicedo and yeah. Fernandes. Do you think they're worth the money that Chelsea paid for them? So that's it. In both situations, there's a lot of potential there. Fernandez is the one that has me most, let's say, worried because mm. the stuff with Benfica, I suspect his feet is coming from their time in the Champions League where yeah. they were beating teams like Juventus, going head to head with PSG. And, and the World was, Cup. And the, well, that's it. So with the World Cup, he's playing for his national squad, which is always different. I mean, the amount of times, like the, for me, the one that stands in my memory is James Rodriguez. Mm. Absolutely fantastic for Colombia in that debut World Cup in 2010. Then wherever he went next, be it Real, Bayern, Everton, couldn't do it for a full season. So you have, on one hand, he's a World Cup winner. On the other hand, he was working over the odds with Benfica. They've paid a lot of money for what is, I wouldn't go as far as saying untested, Mm -hmm. but unproven to Premier League standards. But the thing is, when it reached the end of the Benfica season, when he was already a World Cup winner, when there was already talks of him moving to the Premier League, to, I forget where else was on the radar, but it was always a big money deal. He stopped playing for Benfica. He was going back and forth between the UK and Portugal. He was adamant he would leave. That kind of behavior from a young player, even if he does have the World Cup on his back, even if he does have all this potential, I feel like that's a bad sign, especially mm-hmm. with what we know of Chelsea with the story last year with Graham Potter losing the locker room. Yeah. You know, I think that's a bad sign. As for Moises Caicedo... He was excellent for Brighton. Yeah. And I think the concept of having him and Enzo Fernandez together, working as a pair, typically, by the looks of it, going to be like number eight, number six, someone's box to box, someone's deep lying. Either way, moving the ball, which is what they struggled with a lot. Mm-hmm. On paper, that's a really nice idea. And based on what uh, Moises Caicedo did for Brighton, I think he's going to be a fantastic player. But still, I'm looking at this number, and it's 133 million euros. That's remarkable to me. That I is. mean, I think in general that I'd like to mention is you go back in time and Alan Shearer was the most expensive British player at 15 million in 1996. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, accounting for inflation, of course, that's going to move on. Now that looks like a bargain. Maybe in a few years' time, we'll be looking at this as a baseline. Could be. But I look at these numbers and I just think to myself, I can't even imagine what a hundred million football, hundred million euro football player could be, and yet now we have seven, seven of them here. We have the uh, Neymar move. You have the Kylian Mbappe move mm-hmm. that to PSG. The big money is being splashed around by Saudi Arabia. That's away. What I'm starting to think is we have to divorce the player's value from their salary mm-hmm. and specifically look at the teams that are buying them, which is Manchester City, which is Chelsea. Uh, which is Bayern Munich, and think that basically what's happening is the money for the giant squads, Mm -hmm. for the Middle Eastern finance squads, it's just simply a case of they're paying this money to make sure the Arsenals of the world, the Aston Villas of the world, even the Liverpools of the world can't compete. True. I think for uh, guys like, say, Caicedo or Fernandes, they're they're young. Mm -hmm. They're not 
they haven't learned enough about this football, especially not in the top layer. Yeah. And Fernandez was in Benfica. Don't get me wrong; they are a good club, especially in Portugal, and they did well in the Champions League. They're right. always there for Caicedo.、Uh, he's in Brighton. He's definitely the best player of the team, but、mm -hmm. they don't know how things work in giants like Chelsea. Things will get very bitter. Some sometimes because of things outside football, and they're so young, maybe they don't take pressure that well. I'm just saying that they're talented, they have the potential, but there's also the possibility that they don't get the chance or they don't get there long enough to spend or to translate their talents until before that they can crumble very easily. Well, that's it. The two on the list that we haven't mentioned are Jude Bellingham and Declan Rice. Yeah, that's 103 million for Bellingham, 116 for Declan Rice. In both cases, I would say they are the best deals、mm -hmm. for those teams so far, entirely because of what you said. Because in both situations, they've proven themselves to be leaders of their squads. Exactly. You know, Bellingham, not even twenty, and he was basically the leader of Borussia Dortmund. Dortmund.、Yeah. Um, with Declan Rice, he was absolutely fantastic in that partnership with Thomas Suchek, but he was again kind of like the on-field captain. Almost kind of like the manager on the pitch, kind of like Jordan Henderson is with Liverpool,、mm -hmm. and he's still only twenty-four. And kind of like what we've mentioned previously with Kylian Mbappe, where you hear about this drama off the pitch, beer with his licensing rights, he's、mm -hmm. arguing over that. Things happening in the locker room with the other players, or his family getting involved, what have you. Neymar similar, ditching the team, to go to his sister's birthday, stuff like that. With Bellingham and Rice, all you hear is professionalism.、Yeah. All you hear is. Star in the locker room, star on the pitch, star on the training ground, committed to the team, committed to being the best they can be. So even then, the you are still paying for their potential.、Mm -hmm. Same with Caicedo, same with Fernandez, but you have more belief in their potential because everything you hear about them is aiming in that one、yeah. direction. It, it seems to me that with a Bellingham going to Real Madrid. They're looking at that as a long-term investment, whereas a Caicedo or Fernandez going to Chelsea, they're looking at that. Okay, what can they do right now this season? Can they get us back top four? Can they get us to Champions League? Can they maybe get us a trophy? And then in a year or two time, sell them on to a bigger club, something like that. Whereas the others, they really seem like an investment. True. I mean, like Bellingham or Rice, there you're like you're looking at the diamonds and you're、mm -hmm. buying them. You know what they're getting for、uh, Fernandez and Caicedo. This is more like this is a mine. Yeah, there's right, there's a diamond there. Maybe there's not, and、mm -hmm. we don't know how much there is. You have to take the risk, and that's the thing with buying the、uh, younger ones. Precisely. So, is it actually safer to invest that kind of money in, say, an, a well-established shooter like Kane? Harry, yeah, that that's the thing with him. It's like you know he's come to the end of his career,、mm -hmm. but you've already seen what he can do, and、yeah. not only that, you know, he's a little bit fragile. He always seems start off tired. The start of the season is always his worst point.、Mm. Uh, but you've seen repeatedly he's he grows into things. You've seen repeatedly that he works incredibly well with partnerships like with Son Heung-min. And I think with Bayern, that investment not only are they buying based on what they've seen previously, they know deep down that everything he hears is your Tottenham star player, your England star player. You're setting all these records for goal scoring, but you've got no trophies.、Mm. And they're going to know deep down he's going to come to this place, knowing full well what his skills are, what his health status is, everything. But knowing full well this is where you're probably going to win the Pokal,、yeah. where you're probably going to win the Bundesliga, where you're going to have a much better chance of winning a Champions League. And I think that is going to be the thing which carries him 
to being, I would argue, the potential to be better than ever before. Mm-hmm. And it's probably exactly what um, what they need in the Bundesliga because there is this expectation that they're always going to win. Mm. But as we saw last year, it's very close. It, it's, it seems to be getting closer with RB Leipzig ascending through the league, mm-hmm. with Borussia Dortmund always being there or thereabouts. With the rockiness that's happening behind the scenes, with Tuchel coming in, with um, Oliver Kahn leaving the boardroom and things like that, I think they're looking at his past seasons at Tottenham, Mm. thinking, okay, he's very stable. We're now looking at 2025 goals plus, looking at 2025 assists plus. I think they have bought him in as a safe hand, and the massive fee is probably just leverage from Daniel Levy being like, okay, well... We're bumping up the fee, okay, you want 80, give us 90, you want 90, give us 100, mm. and at some point it would just get too much. The Bayern definitely know this is what they're getting when they're dealing with, you know, that yeah, guy. Right, yeah, right, exactly. So this one, to me, compared to the others, is a short-term, maybe not fix, a short-term writing of the boat, mm-hmm. but because he's done so well previously, I think the fee is justified. Mm. I think you're right, because... Kane would definitely be much better motivated when he comes to Bayern mm-hmm. than the other guys because Fernandez can say that I'm the World Cup winner. Yeah. So I need to say Kane has no trophy, like mm-hmm. no trophy at all. And he is in Bayern yeah. having so many chances at once. And he's in that age 30, I guess. Yeah. yeah. 34 or five year deal after that. He will be, I love him too old to let's just say compete for the golden ball right he won't be saying that i win everything here i want to join a better club where i have a mm-hmm. better chance at the golden ball i'm not going to say who it is yeah but i don't think that will happen for buying over kane right so that's a safer investment and and also just uh, on a slight tangent mm-hmm. i think that part of his motivation and i say this as a fan of the three lions of the england squad mm-hmm. is one of the th- drawbacks that's been leveled at that team particularly during the golden generation era, is so many play in the Premier League. You have the inbuilt rivalries. You have everyone playing the one particular style. Mm -hmm. With Bellingham being at Dortmund, you saw what he could do. Now he's going to Spain. Having Kane go over to play the Bundesliga style as well, I think that's really going to benefit the England squad going forward. Mm. And I highly think that's going to be one of the reasons why he took the move. Because for a very long time, there was always these stories of... um, was Wayne Rooney going to make a move somewhere? Mm. Was Steven Gerrard or Frank Lampard or someone going to move? And obviously they end up being typically one club men or two yeah. club men, but they stayed for their prime in the Premier League and that was always considered something of a drawback. Mm-hmm. Now you have more English players going abroad. Um, you even have uh, Ross Barkley for a while. He was playing in League 1 last yeah. year. That's not to the same high level, but seeing a top English player going to a German giant like this, seeing Jude Bellingham go to Real, he's already scored the first goal, which Mm is so that's the first goal an English player scored since Beckham in 2007. For me as an England fan, this is a really good sign for the squad going forward. Yeah, you send your best players to learn from the best and Mm -hmm. then make a better team to beat your opponents. Precisely. Yeah. It all started actually with Grealish. Mm -hmm. And I think this can be one of the most confusing deals to you because every time pretty much we're saying that. Why is he worth so much, and why yeah. isn't he giving enough time to play? Yeah. Any comments? So uh, in that's general? so that's one of those ones where I think it was Manchester City using their leverage. Yeah. Like I don't think he's a hundred million pound player. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, like I said earlier, I'm not sure many players are of that level. 
but I saw exactly what they were doing. They saw what he was doing at Villa. They saw this rumours of him moving to all these different teams. Like, okay, we want him, and he's going to be part of Pep's squad, and if Pep wants him, they're going to bring him in, and no expense is going to be spared. And you, the way that team is structured, there is no star player, so to speak, mm. but that's because they all fall into this same particular category yeah. of you can have him uh, starting a game, swap him out for Phil Foden, Foden starts a game, swap him out for Grealish. The team still functions mm-hmm. at 100% capacity. You see what uh, he's been able to do with Ilkay Gundogan coming in from Borussia Dortmund. He was always a great midfielder. Now he's a goal threat. Well, I wouldn't go as far as saying Grealish is a goal threat, but what he's able to do moving the ball, finding those tiny, tiny gaps on the wing, that shows just how good a player he is. So I don't want to say he's not worth $100 million, but what he's been able to achieve feels like entirely because he's in the city system. And to be there, they're going to make sure no one else gets you. Mm-hmm. And to do that, they're putting down $100 million. That's true. And that's the benefits of having a deep pocket. Precisely. Do you think players will actually have, say, pressure or problem or frustration? Say, I came here as one of the most expensive players this summer. Mm-hmm. And I'm not given enough chance to score. I'm not given enough ball possessions. But if they keep winning trophies, which do you think they would prefer? So that's something that's happening right now with Chelsea. We didn't mention, but uh, Mikhailo Mudrik mm-hmm. coming from uh, Shakhtar Donetsk. Yeah. He was a massive signing. I think he was just under the 100 million mark, mm. but he was brought in. And for some reason, he didn't start a single game. He, I believe he had one start that was officially on the bench. Something to do with his contract, something to do with who was meant to be in the starting 11. And he was very, very unhappy about that. And maybe if Chelsea were still at the top, he would be fine. But there's already rumours of him wanting to move somewhere else. So soon. And then you also have players like, you know, mentioned Ilkay Gundogan. He's mm-hmm. gone to Barcelona there was all there was always the talk of um uh, Zinchenko he went to Arsenal as well actually alongside Raheem Sterling mm-hmm. and those moves the first the two to Arsenal I mentioned uh, and Sterling to Chelsea yeah. were because they didn't think they were getting enough playtime and Gundogan mentioned his contract was running out he suspected Pep was going to start sidelining him for younger legs he Could moved be. somewhere else so i get the feeling that you're willing to, if you are a player who is willing to play for a team that you know is going to be in a top four position, mm-hmm. like Newcastle this season yeah. or Manchester City in general, I think you're willing to take a bench, you're willing to be someone who comes on as an impact player. But once you have that trophy, I think you're going to want game time. Mm. I think there is a difference now on the mindset between teams like Chelsea and Man City because. They're both rich. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, when Chelsea spent so much money on, say, Fernandes and Caicedo, they want them to be on the field and showing that we're worth this much. Mm -hmm. They they want them to do incredible things. As for Man City, like you said in Grealish, we want him, we have tasks for him. Not really the most eye-catching ones, but Mm -hmm. he can do it better than others. We're willing to pay this much for him, but we don't need him to be the hero. Yeah, And maybe... That's because uh, it's very hard to get a team like this. But I think that's a healthy way of, say, operating your team. Yeah, definitely. You get the feeling with City is they are building a squad for Pep who can always pick and choose what works best in the moment. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Chelsea, they want stars to do stuff right now. Yeah. And if Pochettino gets the time and the space to develop that team, get rid of 
I mean, half the players. They they had so many in this. I think it was like 40 players officially. Mm -hmm. If they can cut that down and turn it into a real squad, then that's fine. But that's not going to happen this season and mm -hmm. probably not for the next. That takes time to develop. So it is a case of both teams are willing to splash the cash. Yeah. But for very different aims. And I think so much for today. Thank you for listening. Hopefully we'll be hearing from you guys very soon next week. See ya. Speak to you then. Bye-bye.